The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf. I play NFL, basketball. You can play um, three. Uh, you can play head-to-head, three-man, six-man. There's, there's running leagues. You win one night. It keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft, and you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or, or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 94. Got to talk some fantasy baseball, maybe sprinkle in some golf as we got something fun coming up here in a few minutes. Yep. But uh, in order to do so, joined by a special guest, uh, you might have heard me as a guest on his DFS podcast, A Friend for Fantasy Benefits. He also has worked at Razzball and Lineup Logic DFS. You can find him on Twitter at Roto underscore Juan. Mike Alexander. Mike, how we doing, man? Good, Bubba. Excited to be here. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I signed on with FWFB, and, and I, you got to get crazy busy just like Justin Mason. That's that's part of the mission statement. Yeah, no, that guy. My goodness. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him, living out here by him 
getting in the barf leagues with him and everything. And yep. he is one of the greatest, most genuine guys you'll ever meet. And I don't know how he does what he does in 24 hours in a day. It is not at all. It's ridiculous. Like uh, they said it on the sleeper on the bus. People that was a full-time job. He goes to school and he does all the fantasy stuff he does. It's, it's ridiculous what that man does. But, um, Let's talk about some, you know, hot, cold players, kind of the usual rundown on bench with Bubba when we talk some fantasy baseball. We'll kick it off with a name that popped off the screen on Sunday after getting called up from Colorado Springs for the Milwaukee Brewers. Talking Freddie Peralta uh, made his major league debut. He struck out 13 batters, which is darn impressive, in five and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, he's going to be the, the talk of the waiver wire if he didn't get picked up already. Yep. What's your takes on Freddie Peralta? Because there's some interesting things involving this man. Yeah, and, and the notable thing about that is, I forget the exact number, but I think it was like 90 out of 98 pitches were fastballs. Correct, you know, he does, yes. You know, mix up, you know, it's not all four seam, but um, that's that's a really impressive percentage of fastballs uh, and to be effective that long with it. So, um, you know, his whole thing is kind of a funky delivery with the low 90s fastball. Uh, he's deceptive. And I think that's going to play for a little bit until advanced scouting starts to catch up with him. Um, I grabbed him in the the FWFB uh, listener league, which is a 19 team roto league. Um, I went pretty heavy because my my thinking was Milwaukee's rotation is is not at all set. If he keeps pitching well, he's going to stay in that rotation. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with you there. It's going to be really interesting when it comes to um, what he has coming up because you mentioned the 90 out of 98 fastballs. That's uh, slightly concerning to say the least. Uh, but he, as you also said, he does a, a heck of a pitch mix with it. A lot of um, you know movement on his pitches, as you'd say. And the reason why I find it interesting is, A, that obviously would be a great pitcher for Colorado because the yeah, speed pitches have trouble there. B, Colorado cannot hit right-handed pitchers to save their life this year. They are just dreadful against them. Um, it wasn't too fluky because if you look at, you know, obviously small sample size, but you have an ERA of zero and a fifth of minus 0.38 and X of a 0.09. So all the peripherals suggest, yeah, he should have been this good. Um, when you put the other, you know, four balls that were put in play, half of them were, were ground balls. And the other part that is interesting to bring up, he's going to be one of the pitcher's ballpark in Milwaukee. Um, he's obviously in Coors Field. He's done a really good ball, a good job of limiting the long ball in the minors. So yeah. there might be something here. And like you said, their rotation is an absolute joke. If, if you had to go out and he's on your waiver wire for fab this week, what percentage would you kind of recommend going? You said you went heavy in that league, and that's 19 teams, so it makes sense you need to get that guy that's got yeah, the, the, the job. I, I went – I went pretty much double what I would have in another league since it's 19 teams and it's, you know, obviously there's nothing on the waiver wire. Uh, so I went 36 out of a hundred um, just to see if, if, you know, if he sticks in that rotation uh, it's worthwhile. And I, I based that off of some other pitchers who had gone previously in like the thirties. Um, so yeah, I said, let me make sure I get this guy. There's probably not going to be too many actionable waiver ads throughout the season because with 19 teams everybody is stashing you know their favorite prospect so guys like him that that pop and and nobody had thought to stash before those are the guys that are going to come up and i'd rather get the one that's the earliest in the season yeah no doubt about it Uh, i think it's a good call there and 
as the season goes on, eventually you got to start throwing your fab money somewhere. That's just the way yeah. it's going to go. So uh, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they had Yanni Trinos come up, and that was the talk of the town for a while. I know I grabbed him in the TGFBI, and he was – everybody really, really liked what he had going on there, and he got hurt. So they went back to having their kind of four starters in this middle reliever. And then with Ryan Yarbrough, and he's got it going pretty early. It's like it's not overwhelming, but he's giving you four to five innings, usually five innings each start. Mm-hmm. Peripherals look decent. Okay strikeout stuff. What are you looking at with Ryan Yarborough? Like, uh, what what leagues, what size leagues would you look to add him in? Is he worth the guy even adding to begin with? Yeah, I mean, definitely deeper leagues because that, you know, that that rotation is just so in flux. Um, but you know, fourteen team league, fifteen team league, like TGFBI, I, I had Chirinos as well, uh, and I just couldn't I couldn't decide who was going to be his replacement long term, so I didn't grab anybody. Um, but it, you know, it's, there's definitely room in that rotation for a guy. And, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, um, he should stick. No, I like that as well because they have plenty of needs for pitchers and not a lot of options, but uh, Nate, Eovaldi is coming back soon. I didn't really put him on the outline, but just top of your head. I, I think he's worth a speculative bid just because he's got the history, definitely injury concerns there, but is he a guy you'd be looking to roster over a Ryan Yarbrough? Only because they seem to prefer him. Um, that, that's the concern with Yarbrough is that the job could go away. Uh, and then then what do you do with him? Are you putting him back on the wire? Are you going to try and stash him? Um, so, you know, if, if you're going to stream him, he's perfect for that. Um, you know, otherwise, it, you're probably not looking at a long-term position. Um, and then, uh, you know, with Avaldi, it, it's a good park for him. Um because he's a fastball pitcher, uh, but I can't see him finishing the year out just just with health concerns, you know. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think while he's in the rotation, he's going to be a a worthwhile starter more times than not. We saw in spring he actually looked decent, and then uh, he kind of got banged up again to put him where he's at. But I think he could be interesting while he's out there. But man, pitching in the AL East is never fun, so it'll be fun to see how that comes to comes together. Let's talk about a couple of Padres out the Yankees for a little bit, right? He was pretty good with them. True, true, true. He was good with them. But uh, now this is a different Yankees club he gets to go face. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a little, little terrifying there. But let's talk about some uh, Padres outfielders. One we've seen before, and he got the call a few weeks ago, and Travis Jankowski brings some some speed upside, leadoff batter in that order. And then you have – Frank Mill Reyes, the uh, power-hitting bat that came out of the minor, just got called up. He was on an absolute tear. He already had 14 homers on the year in minor league ball in 36 games. It's a very crowded outfield there in San Diego. So what are you looking at with these two guys? They were they were big on the waiver wire this past week. But uh, like I said, you got um, Franchi Cordero, you have Perella, you have Marco. There's a lot of guys to deal with. Myers eventually. What do you do with these two guys? So, I mean, Jankowski is a short-term fill-in, uh, as they like to say at Razzball, saves ain't, or steals ain't got no face. Um, you, you put him True. in and, and just ignore the other stats and, and hope he gets you the one counting stat that you need because that's about all he's good for. Um, you know, Reyes, I, I like him. He's obviously the buzziest player this week because the, the power is insane. He's a big dude, huge dude. Um yeah, I watched a little bit of tape on him just with him coming up, and he actually stays back pretty well for a big man on the little bit I've seen from him recently. Um, 
and, and you know the, the one highlight you see a lot of is, is him hitting an oppo taco and and it's it's a nice he stays back on a, i think it was a slider and and makes good contact so if he got run in the outfield uh, he's obviously a good ad but like i said crowded situation but there's not that much in front of him outside of will myers to to beat out you know Margot's going to be in center field because obviously reyes doesn't figure there but you know perella he's they like him but like he's not the greatest player um franchi cordero he's hit some some balls really hard but i don't think he's a a long-term big leaguer so if if reyes gets the opportunity and and runs away with it i don't see any of these other guys taking his job yeah, see, that's the, that's the interesting spot because like Perella, he can go play second base also. We've yeah. seen that. So that's a good option for them there because when they brought Reyes up, they sent Azuya Hay down. So that was kind of telling there with the crowded outfield. Uh, yeah, when Myers gets back, he's obviously in the outfield. You'd imagine, like you said, Margot's going to keep his job. And you got Reyes. And I, I just don't see them get rid of Franchi either. So it's it's got to be like a four outfield setup. And like you said, Jankowski's brought that out. He's going to – Yeah, throws out too. But, I mean, he didn't even win the starting job out of spring training after a hot spring yeah. training. So I don't know if, if they're considering Renfro long-term at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Renfro gets traded. This could be a yeah. piece that, you know, the talent's there. He even said a hot spring. We've seen what this guy can do. He's going to be like a 240 hitter that has the potential in a full year to hit 40-plus bombs. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, just spells out the Giants would love – yeah, he'd be phenomenal. Come on down. But um, he, he just looks like a DH in an American League ballpark. You know, go train me like the Tigers or something. Let them go play with him for a little bit see how it works. But, uh, right. Or even the Orioles or whatever. So it be interesting to see how that goes. But for a team that's up and coming, they do have a darn crowded outfield there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another Tampa Bay Ray pitcher. We already mentioned Ryan Yarborough. Um, Anthony Banda, he was a big-time Diamondbacks prospect. He kind of scuffled in the minors with the D-backs recently. His little you know cup of coffee with the D-backs wasn't great. Gets right. dealt in this Steven Souza deal. He looked okay the other night. Wasn't overpowering by any means, but looked okay. Is Banda a guy you're looking to add? Because similar to Yarborough, they need pitchers. There's you know a few performers. So is this a guy you're looking at? He was on my prospect radar to start the year. Anytime a team goes out and gets a guy, I just bump him up a, a little notch um, because they see something they like. And with Banda his his fly ball ratio was creeping up it wasn't going to play in arizona um you know he's kind of a power pitcher and while you know a guy like robbie ray has gotten away with it it's it's a really hard thing to do um it took robbie ray a long time to get to where he is so that that deal made sense for both sides and it's obviously the race said you know we got a great fly ball ballpark for a pitcher um let's see it you know if if we can develop him so I think he's got a higher ceiling than a guy like Yarborough, um, but I think you're also going to have more growing pains. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. Um, let's talk about a guy that literally burst onto the scene. He's played pretty well with Mickey Cabrera out and you know other playing times. He played the outfield, played some middle infield, first base. But this last week, he had a, a double double homer game and and much, much more. Nico Goodrum. He's batting cleanup for the Tigers. I know the Tigers aren't great, but still, batting cleanup doesn't suck. Yeah. What are you doing with Nico Goodrum? Is he worth an ad in almost all leagues, or are you just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop up on this one? Yeah, I mean, 
my first thought with him was obviously he's the utility guy. That's, that's how he figures and he's going to lose his job, but that club is just falling apart. There's injuries everywhere. Um, you know, Dixon Machado at second is not like an all-star second baseman that if, if Goodrum is hitting when, you know, things start to get crowded, it might be Machado becoming the utility guy and not Goodrum. Um, He's kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about him prior to this season, but he, he's providing some counting stats. So in a deep league, like those are the kind of guys that you got to take a chance on. Yeah, that's why he, he does definitely come on the radar. I'm not saying like go overspend on him, but if you have needs at certain positions, he's definitely worth the look. He's getting the playing time. That's one of the perks of bad teams. But yeah, he came out of nowhere. Cause I hadn't knew nothing about him. He said he, he came out of nowhere for you. When he comes out of nowhere for a guy like Paul Spohr, who absolutely loves the Detroit Tigers, that tells you a lot. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how that all comes together. Yeah, I remember Paul saying that. He was like – I think he said he was playing um, the, MLB, MLB The Show. show. <laughs> like, what? What is this guy, Goodrum? What? Yeah, Nico? <laughs> he couldn't um, even say it right. It was great. But, you know, it's it, – like in TGFBI, that's – middle infield's a wasteland right now. So um, – yeah. You know, if he's not already owned, or maybe the, the person who owns him doesn't have quite the need, you might at, at middle infield or second base, uh, you might need to make a move there. Yeah, no, it's very, very nice. Um, you know, most guys would have led with this. We're going to kind of just kind of put it in the middle here. Hope it gets overlooked. Just kidding. Robbie Cano, uh, obviously, if you've lived under a rock, you uh, don't know what's going on, but it's suspended 80 games for. Violating the substance policy, I'm going to put it like it's not a PED. It's a masking agent for a PED. Yep. So he's out for a while. He gets to serve most of it while he's on the DL, which he already, he's already going to be out about two months. Now he's out almost three months, you know, another extra month. A, if you are in, say, a 12-team league or deeper, do you think about cutting him? No, I own him um, in our FWFB Dynasty League. And uh, it was a new league this year. And I went a little more, um, I went older, you know, I went, I went win now. And then with, with prospects that are a little far away. Um, and you know, it's, it's 14 teams. I just can't see cutting him. Um, yeah, I got spot. He's on the DL right now. I'm not sure how that's going to play with the suspension. Well, real, real, real quick, it's interesting because I had a guy in our Slack chat ask me what to do with him because Yahoo's already taken him off the DL and put him on a suspension tag, so you can't put him on the DL. Uh, this is on Fantrax, which is a little more lenient with their DL. Yahoo is like, hey, you, you can't mess with the DL. You do anything on the DL, we freeze your roster. Um, yeah. So, you know, Fantrax will let you leave him there, which is which is nice. Um so I've got him stashed, so obviously I don't have to cut him. If he's taking a bench spot, uh, if you think you're going to contend, you, you don't cut him. Otherwise, uh, you know, you might need to, to free up the spot. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering, because it's one of those, can you afford to let him sit there for literally till the middle of end of August? And by then you're definitely out of it. You, like, you need that spot. It's the million-dollar question. Right. And it's it's one of those, like, I tell people when they flat out ask, what are you going to do with them? Well, it's really, like, the, the answer you can give any question is, well, it's league dependent. It's team dependent. This is the total, you have to be dependent on what you have going on. You can't just make a random assumption, like, hey, go pick up Nico Goodrum. No, right. this is totally different. Yeah. Um, 
I, I will say this about the, the Yahoo um, designation. I've come across problems with them in the past, and I love Yahoo. They're a great platform, but uh, the the guy that I remember from last season was Rich Hill. Um, they they made him, I think, NA instead of DL because he, you know, it depended on what he was on the forty man. But it, the whole thing got convoluted. Basically, they were incorrect, and because he was in my DL, my roster was frozen for making moves. I actually messaged their support and said, Hey, I don't think Rich Hill's supposed to be on the DL. They fixed it later that day and I was fine. So I would say maybe give that a day or maybe even send them a message. If that's jamming you up and say, is this, is he truly suspended? Not DL because he might be on the DL as well. I I don't know what wins out there. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I've never interacted with them, but I did mention that to the guy that asked me, I said, you know, in reality, in real life, he is on the DL. So technically Yahoo should have right. him there as much as as much as you want to fight it because, you know, you shouldn't get that advantage. I get where they're going with it. But if you want to follow the rules of the land, they, he is on the DL. So yeah. uh, that, that's a good point. So everyone go contact him and right. do it in a civil way, of course. Do it in a civil way and tell him. Yeah. They, they are responsive. I've, 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 I've dealt with them a few times on, on basically DL issues, and both times they were pretty good. Uh, Walker Bueller was the other guy. When he got um, when he got designated between starts, they hadn't made him back to N.A., and we have an N.A. slot in one league. So I was like, hey, kind of need him, need the bench spot, and they fixed it. That's good. Good to know. Now, if you are a Cano owner like you are, but say it's a dynasty or a redraft, with the limited options, you're never going to replace Robinson Cano. What are you looking at on the waiver wire for you guys a temporary fix or – you know, when when I looked at it last week, when it was just the injury, it was one thing. But now you throw another month on it. What are you looking at here? So, what what do you think they're doing there in Seattle? Going with Taylor Motter? It's so weird because what I would do was put D Gordon there. Except I see the point of no, you want him to get a full season under his belt because next year you're going to go on the field. So I get that they called up um, they called up uh, what's his name Gord, uh, Gordon Beckham. That's never going to work. Um, that, that's just a that's a quick fix. I see Taylor Motter is a good option, or since they're still kind of in a race, mm-hmm. go sign Brandon Phillips. Yeah, he's an option. Um, one thing I would like to see them do is engage the Yankees in trade talks because the Yankees have plenty of second basemen. So that's a spot that I might, you know, Drury or Walker. I might take a speculative ad, maybe get both of them if you got a big bench, and see like. Yeah. Hey, maybe one of these guys gets traded out there. Um, you know that that's obviously a long shot, but if if one of those guys turns into a starting second baseman for the Mariners, um, that's that's free value. Um, you know, you got uh, up in Boston. Um, Pedroia's coming back. You got Pedroia coming back soon, so he might be another guy you can grab. Um, Otherwise, you might just be stuck with Cano's replacement, depending on how deep the league is. Um, yeah, because what's out there is pretty bleak, and at least whoever replaces uh, Cano is going to have a should have an everyday job, which is more than you can say for most of the waiver wire out there. Yeah, I mean the the other strategy you could take is is target a, a player like Jason Kipnis, who's I guarantee I, I own him in one league. If somebody offered me, you know, seventy five cents on the dollar, I'd jump at it. So that might be a chance you need to take depending on where you are in the standings. No, that's a great point right there. Would you, you know, all things considered, let's just say 12 team league. So the waiver wire is going to be kind of a jumble of good and bad. 
mm-hmm. more upside than anything. Would you rather go out and try to make a trade, maybe a two or three player trade to kind of increase your second base and maybe somewhere else, but you know, go from most, uh, would you rather basically trade than go to the waiver wire? In a 12 team, I'd rather go to the waiver wire. Um, I think there's probably depth there. I don't want to weaken a position I'm strong in to fix this problem. Um, but if you get to a 14, 15 team league, that's where, you know, if you can convince somebody, maybe the L2 Bay owner would, would, would take, you know, your second and third round picks, something like that. And, you know, you figure Altuve is going to have a bounce back as it heats up. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's really hard to believe Altuve is going to finish the year just like just like Goldie. Goldie, I think, is going to be just fine. There's certain players where the back of the baseball card more often than not comes into play. So yep. that's a good call there. Let's talk about a guy that uh, you know we mentioned Brandon Phillips could get signed. Mark Reynolds got signed about maybe a month ago. Um, the Nats have already brought him up. He's played in two games. He has two home runs, both in the same game. But he's doing what Mark Reynolds does. He just crushes baseballs, and he strikes out. So, um, you know, this is what we get to expect. Obviously, he doesn't have an everyday role. But, you know, in only and deeper leagues might be worth a look. Is this a guy just to kind of put on your watch list? Or is he someone you might actually look to grab with the just mess of injuries the Nationals have? I grabbed him in, in the 19-teamer that I'm in um, because – Anytime somebody gets some kind of a role, you kind of have to. Um, it's it, what he does is hit home runs. I can't believe the Rockies didn't bring him back. He was such a fit for what they needed. Um, but yeah, their loss is the Nationals' gain. Um, it, it depends on what happens with Zimmerman. I don't think Zimmerman's been right since spring training. Um, so that whole, that whole story about he's just resting because he's old. I think there's more to it. Yeah. So, you know, the problem is if he comes off the DL, he's going to be in the lineup most days, not every day, but, um, you know, I, barring, barring a shutdown situation with Zimmerman, I don't know how much staying power Reynolds will have. Um, Matt Adams is, is raking right now. So he's also going to, going to push him to the bench more, but they're playing Adams in the outfield a little bit which is nice uh, for, for my invitational team. I grabbed him the week before he heated up, um, nice. uh, which is always a good feeling when you get the guy that, that starts to, you know, you see a little bit of a breakout and you grab him for a dollar instead of you know the $50 that most people paid. Yeah, that's tremendous. That's the key to the whole fab world, especially in those deep, deep leagues. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on Reynolds because – I, I, I agree. I think Zimmerman's going to be out for a while, but you just don't know what the Nats are going to do up there right now. Um, let's talk about Trevor Story, a guy that you know many have written off in the past, but he still gets you home runs and steals a little base. And uh, this year he's already got seven stolen bases, matching his 2017 total. He's already got 10 home runs. He's hitting 230, but that's what you bought in for. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing with a guy like Trevor Story? Are you looking to trade for him, trade him? What are you doing with him? I wouldn't be moving him, uh, you know, He's he's like this is his ceiling. This is great. This is why you wanted him, um, and you know he hasn't even really taken off at home yet. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that just swings for the fences, and he's getting pitches to hit. He's seeing the ball well, running on the base paths, which he's actually got more speed than I even realized. I, I think it was Bat Flip Crazy had it up on Twitter today that. He's got like the fifth fastest uh, stat cast speed on the base paths, um, which, you know, that's obviously not a a perfect measure or straight line speed, but um, 
you know, that's that's part of it, the game that you didn't quite expect. You thought you were going to get a handful of steals. Um, but, but ride it out because if he plays 160 games, it, you know, it's the same thing with, with Stanton last year. Everybody said if he can play 160 games, he's going to have a monster season. And he finally did, and he got a monster season. So with Trevor Story, just cross your fingers, hope the injury doesn't happen because that's the only thing that's held him back to date is, is injuries. Yeah, that's true because if he were to get hurt, they might get goofy and bring Brandon Rogers up a little early, and then who knows if Trevor ever sees that job again. So that could be real interesting. Yeah, but the uh, thing with that is uh, LeMay, who's going to be a free agent. So true. Um, I, I think LeMay, who would be the odd man out, especially he's having some injury issues of his own going back on the DL here uh, for the second time this season. True. You could see him switch over there instead. That's an interesting call. Um, let's talk about a guy that I've been waiting to just get destroyed lately. As I've been, I kept, I tell everybody on my, my podcast, my DFS show that it's smoke and mirrors, mirrors with Matt Cook. It's smoke and mirrors. Just keep playing against the middle work. And he got teed off on today yeah. against the Diamondbacks. And, you know, it's nothing against the guy, but you just look at everything he's done getting to this point. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a figment of your imagination. Fifth and X-Fifth show that. Now that this happened today, because I made this before it happened, yep. is Matt is Matt Cook a guy worth targeting in the deepest of leagues, or is today what we're going to see more often than not? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was today, but uh, he's a streamer only at best for me. His BABIP was severely due for some regression. Uh, I think it was like 211 earlier in, in the day. Um, and, you know, that when you sent me the outline, that was, that was my note on him is, you know, um, Babbitt is, is gonna gonna get punished, and his xFIP and FIP are way higher than his ERA, like three times higher than his ERA. So uh, it was coming, and with uh, the the Brewers beat him up today, right? Yeah, the Brewers got to him. You have a couple yeah. homers and everything. If you can't get the Brewers to swing and miss, you're in trouble. And that's why I was always worried about him. He wasn't a, a strikeout guy, and uh, like he, on the season coming today, he's a five point four K per nine. Today he got um, he got uh, zero strikeouts, zero strikeouts in four and a third innings pitched. Yeah. Uh, so that tells you a lot against the uh, crew. I think only one walk though. Yeah, he had one walk. He got four home runs in four and a third. Four of the nine hits left the ballpark for that humidor <laughs> action. Um, yeah. But it's pretty crazy coming into the game. He had a two four three ERA, a four eight nine FIP, and a four six six X FIP. After that outing, a four zero six ERA, a six one five FIP. And a four nine one x fit his uh, Babbitt went from two eleven to two twenty three. So yeah, the regression slowly started to hit. Yeah, and, uh, you know that's the against the right team, he'll be fine. But like I said, streamer only in my book. Yeah, I'm with you there because I just couldn't shake the fact that he was getting everybody. I was baffling to me. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about RotoWare. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it, they're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. 
There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy all the stuff they have coming out, and there's more and more stuff every time you turn your head. They have fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones, but everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at rotoware. But the cool part, guys, if you use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. All right, let's go back to the Tampa Bay Rays. There's something about bad teams always having guys that – potentially can be picked up on your roster, but the former San Francisco Giants, Matt Duffy, he got healthy and he's come out swinging a hot stick, hitting over 300, showing some power and speed combo, playing every day, batting in the middle of that order. Um, I'm thinking he's worth an add in most leagues. If he is, how much are you looking to fab him for? Because he's available in a lot of places. Um, like we just talked about with with Cook, um, you know, look at the peripherals. The one thing that scares me with, with Duffy is he's got a 416 Babbitt. It's really high for a guy uh, that, that, you know, isn't Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> um, so that scares me off of him a little bit. Um, you know, if you're in a league with daily roster moves and you can stream him against the right pitchers, um, you know, left-handers, that kind of thing, um, he could be an ad for me. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend too much fab unless you're hurting. Okay. Good call there. You uh, as as a Giants fan, you have uh, any interest in I got, I got a soft spot for him, uh, just because I got to witness it, and he's what he's doing now is what he did in his good year. And you go back to his, you know, 16, 15, 14 seasons, he had like a three thirty ish BABIP or so, so it's not completely out of the norm for him. But he will have everyday at bats. You know, check your leagues; he might still have second base eligibility in some leagues. Yeah, um, I was going to say he if it's first base, you know, uh, he's not he's not a first baseman I'm interested in. No, he's he's third base, maybe second base eligibility. But let's, you know, I, you just brought that up. And speaking of second baseman, they just called up Kristen Royal, the other piece that came in that Giants trade. Mm-hmm. And some people are super high on him. I'm thinking he's more of a, a Joe Panic type, maybe a little bit of power, decent average. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Some people thought he was a crazy homer guy. I don't think so. What do you, would you go out and grab a guy like Arroyo, like a speculative bad this weekend, or do you want to see where they use him, how often they use him? Depends on the league size. You know, I'd have the same concern with him as I have with, with Duffy a little bit, is they've got so many interchangeable parts there. Um, playing time could become an issue with any kind of struggles. Um, but, you know, in, in a league that's deeper, you don't usually have the luxury to sit back and wait for the breakout to happen. You got to get him on your bench and cross your fingers. Um, so if he gets the opportunity and he hits, there's not a lot blocking him. I, I could see him taking any number of spots in that lineup. I like it. Yeah, he's definitely got to keep an eye on because the pedigree's there. He's shown he can be a pure hitter. So he's he's one of the rare kind of batting average guys you can find on a waiver wire in midseason. So keep an it's eye on a, a Christian Royal. It's interesting they brought him up and and not a lot of their homegrown prospects. That the fact are- really Adamus the, the fact really Adamus can't get a job yeah. it blows my mind. Just he should have been up last year, let alone this year. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about a Rockies pitcher who may have figured out Coors, possibly. I'll, <laughs> I'll give the benefit of the doubt there because Coors is a wicked, wicked animal. But uh, Kyle Freeland, he pitched okay there last year. He's pitching really good this year. Limits the hard contact a ton. He's available on all kinds of waiver wires. Is this the guy you're looking to add? I know on the road, probably much more than at home. But what are you looking at with a guy like Kyle Freeland? Yeah, I grabbed him in the invitational, you know, 15 teams. It's obviously deep, uh, and he's going against the Giants in San Fran this week. So I needed a fill-in, and he was the guy. But um, I had read something about him where he's been using his fastball uh, a lot more heavily the last four or five starts and to pretty effective results. You know, his ERA through those starts is like in the twos, um, getting some strikeouts. So, you know, he's a guy that, uh, depending on the offense he's facing in cores, you may want to put on your bench, but against a weaker offense, I'd, I'm probably not going to be too scared to, to take a chance and put him out there. And then obviously with the right road start, uh, a guy you could slot in there and, and mix and match with, with other streamers. Or if you have a, you know, kind of like a, a Chris Davinsky type of, of guy um, that isn't going to get you the counting stats as much. Um, he's a guy that can fill that role. Yeah, I can dig that because he's that guy that even when he's having a bad game more often than not, because obviously everybody can have blow ups, he doesn't usually get blown up. Like if his bad starts, maybe the most is like four runs and he still gets you five or six innings where he doesn't destroy you by any means, but he's got that upside to put together like six, seven inning outings with two runs. He's, he's a, more often than not surprisingly a decent ratio guy. So I, I like him as a, an interesting. Yeah. Keeps it in the ballpark. Like I said, it limits that hard contact that doesn't matter what ballpark you pitch in. That'll work pretty much everywhere. So Definitely got to keep an eye on it and, and, you know, add in those deeper leagues, especially like you said, TG, FBI and everything. That's a good, good ad for you there. Um, depth wise. Let's talk about another lefty who keeps getting it done um, for years. You play DFS. This is a target on the every five days with your right-handed power bats in the opposition. But this year, I don't know what's clicking. I don't know if it's just a fluke. Could be, I have a feeling I looked to saw a stat you might mention, but um most of the peripherals look like they're decent. The x does not agree. But Matt Boyd has been getting it done, and the strikeouts have been there certain games, certain games not. Mm-hmm. Is this a guy you're looking to grab, or are you still terrified from past experiences? You know, I laughed when you, you put these two guys in order on the, on the outline because I, I got them both in the invitational. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. And honestly, I did not look at Smata's report. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's – I my invitational strategy ended up being a starting pitching fade. So, you know, I'm scrambling every week. I've had Boyd for a, a good bit now. I grabbed him right out of the gate and said, if he's at home against, a, you know, a weak divisional opponent, I'm, I'm comfortable with him. Um, you know, if they're playing the Yankees, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll put him on the bench. But in a deep league, like he's serviceable. Um, it, it's, it hasn't, there hasn't been too much ugly, uh, which like you said in the past, he's a guy that can, can starts can get out of hand for him. Yeah. He's been really interesting because even now I'm looking at his, his fan page and a little less than seven Ks per nine, but man, you look at some of his past performances this year and he's had a couple games where he's taken advantage of teams that just can't, you know, <laughs> strike out a ton. So he's a very interesting guy to me. I almost would you okay if you had to pick one, would you rather have Matt Boyd or Kyle Freeland? 
Hmm. If you ask me today, I'd say Freeland. You know, I had Boyd on my roster first, um, but I, I could see myself probably having more confidence in Freeland if he keeps doing what he's doing. Okay, that's fair enough. And I'm assuming, oh yeah, he'd definitely take both of them over. Uh, what about out of? Would you take both of them over Anthony Benda? Without a rotation spot solidified, yes. Uh, you, you need you need the guy to take the ball um, every five six days and, and get you stats. If Banda gets slotted into that kind of bullpen day role and you don't know, you know, is he going to be the starter? Is he not? Um, unless you've got the depth to to leave him on your bench, I'd rather have the other two. Okay, that's very very fair. There, let's talk about some player debates here, and there's some interesting ones because. The, the first one would be two young arms, two that people were very high on coming into the year. Dylan Buck standing. He had some hiccups, bounced back phenomenally his last time out. Blake Snell started out just like a bat out of hell. Everyone's the, the changes he made at the end of last season carried over, looked great, got blown up his last time out. He has a little injury concern, but nothing major people say. Which one of the two would you rather have rest of season? Uh, Snell, big time. You know, he's – they both have pedigree, um, but Snell has the, the better stuff for me. And as he figured it out last year, you saw what the ceiling was for him, um, especially his curveball. It's just, you know, one of the top ones in, in the game, or it's going going to be once he's got it refined. Um, Bundy, Bundy did this last year. He came out in, in April, and everyone, you know, said, oh, this is the guy he was supposed to be. And then he got blown up most of the summer. He finished the year okay. Uh, I, I think August maybe he started to come back around. You know, g- guys that that throw um, cutters can have that happen. You know, that that's kind of one of his better pitches. And if you don't have a lot of feel for it, it can get punished big time. Um, Camden Yards is not a place that's going to be friendly to you if you're not locating. No, that is so so true. That's terrifying. So yeah, I can dig that. Um, two power hit and third baseman. One had a hot start to the year, and people said, "No, it's just a fluke." But you know, overall, especially in roto leagues, he's carried the stats just like you'd like. And then the other started out hot, and he's kind of disappeared. So Matt Chapman versus Matt Davidson, rest of the season, who you got? So this one for me, it depends on how much patience you have. You know, if you've got the patience to leave Matt Davidson in your lineup and wait for that, you know, week where he hits three home runs or even single game where he hits three home runs, you, you know, you could go Davidson. Uh, Chapman's the better player for sure. I would much rather have him, um, you know, from, from a, a apples to apple standpoint, you know, absolutely Chapman for me, but Davidson coming into the year wasn't getting valued at all. I got him in some, some best balls over on fan tracks and, you know, he's provided some great value there as, as my third, third baseman on some teams. No, I like that a lot because one thing is if you do have Matt Davidson, you are playing him every week because you do not want to miss that week where he, you don't want to try to play Houdini yeah. or you know you, unless you have a crystal ball that I don't know about and share it right. if you do, you, you, you're, you're, you're playing him every week because that would be the worst thing ever is you played him for his 0 for 12 weeks yeah. and then he goes crazy on you. That's the beauty but, of best ball. Is, you know, you don't, you yeah. don't have roster management, just your best lineup. So, you know, MLB best ball has been – just kind of coming around and, and fan tracks 
put out a really good product this year that I fully took advantage of. Um, and you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it continues and grows. Uh, so, yeah, I dabbled in a couple of those and they, they are really awesome. So I started doing um, some football ones last year, not on fan tracks cause I didn't really know too much about them yet, but I'm going to start digging into those as well. I'm going to try some on draft also because uh, mm-hmm. they, they have a good product as well. But the, the best ball is really cool for people that don't know about them. You literally just draft. It takes a while because you draft an extra deep roster, and then you don't yeah. do a darn thing. You just take your best stats every day, and they do it for you. Super awesome. Yeah, um, man, I think I had at one point as the season was getting closer, a four going at the same time, and it was you know, <laughs> a little bit hard to keep track of who was on what team, but – it's all value-based drafting there. You don't need to fill spots. You don't need to say, exactly. okay, I, I, you know, I, I got to get a second baseman. Like you're going to draft probably about three of each position depending on, um, and, and you know, uh, you're just saying, okay, this is the, the guy that I have next in the list that, that is going to provide value. Exactly. You're not worried about filling all your roster spots because they'll get filled up eventually. So very good point there. Um, another player debate we got here, we mentioned Trevor's story earlier and he's got that, that peak right now, and we're hoping it sticks around all year. But if it doesn't, we know regression can hit him quickly and get ugly. And you got a guy like Paul DeYoung, who many thought wouldn't duplicate what he did last year, and he's picked up right where he left off. He looks phenomenal. If you had to rest a season, do you want to keep with the upside of Trevor Story or a little more stability in Paul DeYoung? I'll, I'll go Story here. I think some of his regression has also been injury-related. Um, you, you get to play your, your games in course Field – you get such a boost everywhere. Even, you know, like, see, it doesn't have the best average, but when, when you can add exit velocity to a ball because of your elevation, it, it's going to, it's, you're going to put more balls in play that end up as hits. Um, I don't like the Cardinals this year. I, I thought they were going to be a better team coming in and surprisingly bad. Yeah. It's, you know, there, there's just, it's another, it's another year of underachieving. You know, Carpenter, who knows what's going on with him in the shoulder. Uh, DeYoung is, is his, he's good. You know, he doesn't really get sat very much, but everybody else is kind of, you know, are they going to play today? Are they not? Um, in the infield, at least they lost Yachty Molina for a bit here with, with a terrible injury. Um, yeah, that still hurts thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Never like to see that. Um, yeah, that's a rough one. So I, you know, and I think the lineup's a little better around Story as well. At least the part of the lineup he's going to be hitting in. So I would go Story. Okay, you mentioned the Cardinals. So as I like to take this on tangents at times, let's ask I'll ask you a few questions. I've asked on the last couple of shows, and I've made my opinion very strong. Are you cutting Matt Carpenter? Uh, in in the dynasty league I'm in, he was cut. I added him for about five days and said, yep, now, now I see why he was cut and sent him right back to the wire. <laughs> yeah. I cut him in TGFBI about two or three weeks ago and yeah. it never felt so good. Um, he, if he doesn't go on the DL, he can't take up a bench spot for you. And it's, he wasn't right. Something seriously wrong with him. Something seriously wrong with him. Back, back problems don't just go away. No, that's why I wanted nothing to do with Kershaw this year. Yeah. Um, what about Dexter Fowler, who's hitting below 200 as well? What are you doing with him? Uh, I was really high on him coming into last season, and he never delivered on the on-base numbers that you thought you were getting with him. And, and it, you know, he got hot at, at points later in the season, but 
he was it was more home run based, um, which you can't you can't expect that out of him. I don't think um, unless he goes back to to Colorado. Um, yeah. So you know if he's not going to bring that on base tool, I don't think I don't think he's a guy that I'm interested in. No, and he's another one like. There's a couple deep leagues where I had him and Carpenter thinking the Cardinals are going to bounce back this year. And I've cut Carpenter, and I'm just praying Fowler figures it out because there's really nothing to move with him yet. But it's getting closer. i got to cut him, too. What have you um, thought about uh, Tommy Pham this year? I am in love with him. I got him in the TGFBI. I got him in a couple leagues. I got him – I had the first pick in the T- on our TGFBI league, and I'm pretty sure I got him with my third pick, so on the turn the second time through. And he is doing everything people thought he couldn't do again. I just got done with another my baseball podcast around the base with Bubba and Mo. We did our at this point in the year all star teams. I did the National League, and Fan was on my three outfield all stars. I think he's been amazing. Yeah, if he's in the lineup. Uh, did you go uh, Trout number one there? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I had the second pick. Sorry, I had the second pick. Yes, I would have gone Trout. I had all two base. I'm struggling with that one. And then I came yeah, I had back number with, one. I went Trout uh, in, in the Invitational and. It, more people than I thought went when Altuve at one, and you know what I said prior to this to the year was it seems like every season there's somebody who challenges Trout for that number one pick. He they they become the trendy thing. Trout has been the number one pick this many years in a row, not by coincidence. You take the safety of of Mike Trout. Mike Trout, like you said, the key word there is safety. Even if he doesn't have a great year, he's still like a top 10 pick, which will get like you can get guaranteed that barring a catastrophic injury, Mike Trout will give you like a top 10 year every season, which you can't say. Out of, like, I think I saw a stat out of like 15 team leagues out of the first round of picks. There's like maybe two or three that return first round value. And Trout will do that every year. Yeah. <laughs> Even last year with a, with a broken thumb, his value with that many missed games was still insanely high. Yeah, he, he's the best for a reason. That's why it's always funny when people go, like this year, he started out slow. And they're like, oh, he's not that good anymore. And what did it take him? Three weeks, he's back like towards the top of the fangrass war and all this stuff. Yeah, leading the league in combined steals and home runs. Yeah, it's just like, so he must have just told someone to hold his beer and he's going to go take care of this. Yeah. Um, last Cardinals question, because I meant to put him on the outline and I forgot, but with all the hype coming off his recent start in the minors, Alex Reyes is coming up pretty soon. I'm a big Jack Flaherty fan. I'm getting really angry how they keep yeah. moving him around too much. And Wainwright needs to realize he's broken. Either yeah. pitch out of the bullpen or go away. Seamart's yeah. a little more hurt than people are letting on, it looks like, because he's still – they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of keep pushing him back. So there's going to be a point where both Reyes and Flaherty might be in the rotation, but there might not be two spots for them. What do you think St. Louis does there? Because they're both fantasy viable, in my opinion. That's not really the question at hand here. What do you just think St. Louis does with them for the fantasy people? <laughs> I mean, I think when they bring Reyes up, he's there to stay. They're they're not gonna yeah they're not gonna yo yo him around. So it, he gets the call. He's in the rotation unless things go really sideways for him. He's there to stay. I totally agree with you. Wainwright is washed. They're the only ones who don't realize it, and maybe they do realize it. They don't know what else to do. But yeah, he needs to either move into a bullpen role or just hang him up, you know, uh, or or have a issue that is a, is a year long DL. Shut it down. Say it's an elbow thing. I need to go see Doctor Andrews and shut it down for the year. Um, so that would be the smart move uh, if you're the Cardinals. Flaherty has looked really good. Um, 
you know, he's, he struck out more people than I expected, uh, with, with, with his slider mix. Um, so I, I, ideally you'd like to see both in their rotation as the season comes to a close. Um, I guess the only thing Flaherty has going for him is maybe not the same restrictions. You know, he's still going to have some innings restrictions as, as a young pitcher, but you know, a guy coming off of Tommy John is going to have a hard cap. There's no way he's pitching more than whatever it is, 120 innings. Um, so you may, you may lose out on Reyes uh, as August turns in, you know, the end of August turns into September. Um, if you're having him on a fantasy team and I, also own him in the invitational. So I'm very pleased with his, uh, with his progress to date. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking when it came to Reyes. I was like, he's going to, he potentially looks to be the better pitcher, but he definitely is going to have that restrictions that Flaherty will not. And that's why I think initially they said Reyes was going to come out of the bullpen, but uh, that didn't come to fruition as they're already putting him back in the rotation. As we know, I got one last question for you. I am a star Wars fan. Yeah. Where did Roto, where did Roto underscore one come from? It was it's funny when I, I started getting into uh, you know trying to be a fantasy analyst. Um, it, me and some friends were kind of trying to come up with you got to have a handle, and we'd always kind of joked around about you know there's there's Doctor Roto and you know Roto this and fantasy that and you know I, I it just kind of was a joke like you know um, I'm you know I, I'm Roto one like Obi Wan. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of started to stick and, and I ran with it and, you know, there, there's been some good positive response to it in the community. Yeah. It's kind of unique. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's something that if I ever become more professional on this end, I'll probably have to tone down a little bit, you know, lightsabers and my, my Twitter page and stuff, but Twitter's supposed to be fun. You know, it's, it's, you, yeah. you don't need to, to have like the, the school, high school, you know, senior picture where you're sitting and you've got the gray backdrop, you know, your tie on. Um, so, you know, for me, it's just fun. Yeah, no, I like it. And it should be fun. You should, you should never have to change that because Twitter should be fun. Fantasy baseball should be fun. Yep. So there's, it, I just, I thought it was cool. I wanted to see what your whole twist on it was, but uh, I like it. It's different. Um, like I said earlier, you can find Mike's work on FWFB, Razzball, and Lineup Logic DFS. What do you got coming up these days on those wonderful sites? So uh, FWFB, we do a DFS kind of intro series, um, mostly every week. Sometimes we take a week off here and there, just kind of getting people their feet wet in MLB DFS, which a lot of people haven't played before or you know, as the season was new, needed a refresher on. Uh, at Razzball, I do a, we, uh, a weekly article on Tuesdays based on draft.com. Give you a couple plays there. And then Lineup Logic uh, is a full service DFS shop. Whatever you need, we've got it there. Um, I focus on baseball, and then I have a weekly golf show there. So if you're looking to get into golf, it's a, it's a good subscription to have. We give you a cheat sheet, and the, the pot is free. So if you want to listen, you can find that usually on my Twitter. Um, you playing any golf this week, Bubba? Always. Um, I'm going to have to get I, – I don't know how I missed that you did, you did golf like that. I'll have to – one of these weeks when we have a guest on our show, I'll have to have you jump on with us. That would be yeah, fun. Sure. Um, yeah, I did. I don't know how I missed that one. But, um, yeah, definitely. It's a weird week. Uh, what are you thinking with this new layout and uh, a mediocre field at best? Let's talk a little mm-hmm. golf here before we wrap it up. But what, what are you thinking with this thing? 
I'm having so much fun this week trying to figure out what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> uh-huh. there's, there's, you know, on our show, what we talked was everybody's looking for narratives this week. You know, hot weather, wind, links course, Texas golf, um, you know, guys that are members there like Spieth and, and Hostler. And every single narrative has a valid counterpoint to it. So, you know, what I'm kind of sticking with is heat and, and links skill with a little bit of Texas flavor. Um, you know, my, my, obviously Spieth is the big name. He should do well, but he's never done well at this tournament. Obviously it was on a different course, but, um, with the big price tag, I'm not sure I'm going to have too many shares of Spieth. A guy I really like, um, is Brant Snedeker, which is really, he just, he's such a good wind golfer. The winds don't look too strong in the forecast, but the thing you got to remember is this course is just a wide open square. There's not a tree on the property. So 15 mile an hour gusts in the Dallas area could mean 20, 25 mile an hour gusts on this property. Um, so I think that could play into it, especially as the, as the weekend moves on. Uh, and another guy that, that kept coming up in, in the metrics I was looking at was Bill Haas. And, and he's a pretty good value. Like that. Um, he hasn't had the best year. You know, he had that tragedy with, with his, he's in a car crash. His friend, the driver died. Um, so that's kind of thrown him off, but he's a better golfer than he's shown to date this year. So this could be a good spot for him to turn it around. Yeah. Before that tragedy that took place down there in uh, San Diego, I believe it was, uh, no, it wasn't, it was uh, before, it was down there in LA. Um, yeah, that was ho- horrible. And he was playing really, really good golf before that for like over a year. He was very good. So I think that's a great call. Yeah, I'm looking a lot at the link style, kind of the Euro, Euro-ish type guys, because most of them do really well in the wind. They're used to playing links, win golf. That's kind of where I'm looking. But there are guys like Haas. Um, what's your take on this one? He's ultra tilting at all times. But the price point is just wrong in so many ways in Kevin Na. He's going to be so chalky. And yep. chalky Kevin Na. How, ch- how chalky is too chalky? Any chalk. Any chalk on Kevin Na is too chalky. <laughs> it's so true. He's terrifying. Um, you know, it, he he figures great. Like, if you're on draft.com, I'm, I'm happy with Kevin Na because I'm the yes. only one who's going to own him. But on DraftKings, FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, it's his pricing is just, especially DraftKings, super cheap. And guys that, that look for value are going to see his tournament odds are 55 to 1. Everybody else in that low sevens is, you know, 150 to 1. So I'd expect about 20% ownership on him. And you're going to see a lot of that with Spieth as well. So if a chalk bomb goes off, you know, who knows? Yeah, no, that's what I'm looking at. I, I, I never want to ever roster that man, but it's just like you look at it, you're going, this is just so wrong in so many ways. Okay, last golf question I'll ask you. Yeah. Who do you have Who do you have winning it this week? Winning it? What, what, you can't pick Jordan Spieth. Right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll throw my three one-and-done picks from the show out. I did Sergio as an as a expensive player, Snedeker in the middle there, and then uh, Aaron Badley uh, taking the Aussie and Texas uh, route. I, I kind of like Sergio, to be honest. I think he's not getting the the cred he should coming into this. Um, I was getting way overlooked. And it's such a weak field. Like He's the second best golfer going. You know? yep. so, uh, if he can putt, he'll be right in there, I would think. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. And people don't, a lot don't realize that he's living in Texas now. So he's a yeah, native. He lives in Texas. Somewhat. 
So it's something like to think about. Yeah, I like uh, Adam Scott, which is weird for me to say. Yeah. And Mark Leishman. I like Mark Leishman quite a bit. But Leishman um, profiles well. They're both going to be a little chalky. I, I can't do Adam Scott, you know, uh, especially with, with any kind of ownership. He's he's just the expensive Kevin Na. Yeah, yeah, you're onto something there. So, well, it'll be interesting. Good thing it tees off tomorrow because it's one of those weeks where you can go a million different directions because yeah. there's really, like you said, there's so many different it's narrative street. Which one do you yeah. want to go drive down? Yeah. It's crazy. But all right, everybody go check them out on Twitter at Roto underscore one. And again, it's worth friends of fantasy benefits, Razball, lineup logic, DFS. His name is Mike Alexander. Mike, thanks for joining me, man. Awesome time. Thanks for having me, Bubba. Good luck this no week. Problem. You too. This was Bench with Bubba episode 94. Catch you guys next time. Yeah.